You are now listening to the Charity Church Podcast. Well, hello once again. This is Pastor Marty and my sidekick. Tommy D. He's back, back in the saddle this week. Glad to be back. In our post-sermon podcast. Hey, Grant did a fantastic job filling in last week, did a phenomenal job on his first ever podcast. And so if you haven't had a chance to go back and listen to that one, please, please do. We finished up a series last week, uh, you know, that we were talking about. Started a brand new one this week and called Legacy. Yeah. And it was a great way to start. Can I just hit pause and go back to last week's podcast real quick? Yeah, if you'd like. My most proud moment as I was listening to the podcast and you posed the question and I knew the answer. Really? I was driving down the road and I was like, (laughs) onomatopoeia, onomatopoeia. That was it. That was it. The word. We neither, both of us went blank on it and, uh, but figured it out. So, uh, this P this, this past Sunday talking about legacy, just kind of dove into the idea of family legacy and what is it that we are going to leave behind some things that are important to us that we would love to hand off to the next generation. And Tom, I know that you come from a fantastic family background and you and your dad, very close, you and your mom, very very close, got a, a, maybe a family legacy that was, that was handed off to you other than your name. I am, in fact, a namesake. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I didn't do a good job of passing that on. Yeah, I'll well, never hey, figured out how to a have girl, a boy. Yeah, well, but being a girl dad's pretty cool. Yeah, you know, um, my parents taught me so many things, but one thing that my dad taught me a long time ago, just in business or life in general, and I just think it's such a good uh, lesson is um, praise in public criticizing private. Mm -hmm. And I thought, man, you know, I'm actually hitting your advice right now, going back and reading, um, how to win friends and influence people. I don't know how many times I've read that. What a great book. Great one to revisit. And just that principle is just kind of one of those resounding things and Mm -hmm. themes you see throughout that. And, uh, but so many different things over the years. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Praise in public criticize in private. Hey, I will say that listening to your message this past week, it was hitting me in my feels on a whole nother level. <laughs> I'm sure it was. Yeah, this was the first weekend as empty nesters. And yeah. so, I mean, you started your message talking about how many weeks we get with our kids. Right. 900 and some weeks. 936 I, I on mean, average. I'm, I'm watching online this past week and I'm I'm honestly grateful I was watching online so that I could could ugly cry in private in my den. Even my daughter-in-law told me that uh, she got a little bit of a, got a little emotional this past Sunday during that, because I think whenever you, whenever you realize it, you know, you start out with a kid and they're, they're, they're a newborn, you're holding them. You know, I vividly remember every single one of my children and me holding them and thinking, wow, you know, this is precious. Mm -hmm. And now it's like, it just seemed like a blink of an eye and they are grown and gone. They're out of the house now and, you know, raising families of their own. 936 weeks sounds like a big number. Man, it goes quick. It goes by so quickly. And the older they get, the faster it seems to go, you know? And, um, and you know, so we talked about that and, and had the visual of the gumballs in the jar uh, that I think every parent would do well to have some type of a visual to realize just how many weeks and you as you start to see that jar go down to half full at a nine-year-old child uh you're you're halfway to them being 
18 graduating, leaving home and, and being out of the house. And so there's, to, a, there's a principle that you taught, and this is a paraphrase, but if you were to, if you pay attention to the weeks as yeah. they go by, yeah. you know, as they dwindle down from that jar, mm-hmm. then you'll actually pay attention to the weeks. This, the actual statement was when you see how much time you have left, you tend to get serious about the time, time you, you have, have now. That's, that, that's so not good. an original statement with me. I got that off of the, uh, um, uh, the rethink group, which is they do a lot of kids ministry stuff, and and uh, so when you think about how much time you have left, you tend to get serious about the time you have now. And if you'll stop occasionally to count your weeks, you will tend to make your weeks count a little more. So good, man! It's just like you know, this is the only time in that kid's life that you have them at that age. Yep, and uh, enjoy it. Yeah, right. Let them slobber on the microphone. Right. That's right. Whose microphone was that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You were like, don't tell anybody. Yeah. Tommy was okay. listening. <laughs> I'm going to have to, uh, I'm going to desanitize that thing. On yeah. there. <laughs> you know, but you said something in the message too, and I just want to encourage everybody um, because it, I mean, it really is hitting me like a ton of bricks right now about how fast time goes. Yeah. And you said this, I believe, but the days are long, but the years fly by. Oh, they're that so might short. be yeah. one of the truest statements ever. Yeah. Again, probably not. A, I know it's not original with me. I don't know where I heard it. I've heard it for years. Uh, when you're raising kids, they do seem like I mean, when you're raising a two and three year old, they're those days are long. I, sure. I babysit my grandkids on occasion. Okay. And I had the opportunity not long ago, uh, Leanna and Colby were both working and she said, Hey dad, could you use a Monday to spend some time with Baker and take the others to school and pick them up from school? And I was like, yes, I'll be glad to. And, uh, you know, Baker and I had a fantastic day. And, and when I picked all the kids up from school, that's a lot. Oh, that's a lot. You were wore out. You slept well that oh, night. Oh, my goodness. Guess where I took them after school? Sweet frog, baby. Excellent. They know. And here's the, here's the, here's what's funny. I'll tell a quick story. Um, so I told the kids when they got in the car, Tracy was planning to meet us there. But they didn't know that. They were wanting to go to Sweet Frog so badly. It's kind of a tradition. If I pick the kids up, that's where I take them. And uh, I said, listen, if I take you to Sweet Frog, you cannot tell Emmy, which is what we call mm-hmm. Tracy. You can't tell Emmy because she gets mad that we go without her. She gets so, And I have to listen to her all week long, yapping, yapping, yapping about how upset she is that we went. So we go inside Sweet Frog, and she comes busting through the door. I can't believe y'all went with me. And uh, and I just looked around and, and the kids, they threw me under the bus immediately. <laughs> Porter said uh, it was Pop's idea. And I think Charlie said he made the ultimate decision. I love <laughs> it. Us. I love everything about that story. <laughs> oh, it's great. But, you know, those are the moments. you. It, yes, it's a lot. It's a handful. Me as a grandparent taking four kids seven and under to sweet frog is a lot for me to take that under. They did the reverse, you know, as grandparents, they always boast about, Hey, we get to get them sugared up and then we get to drop them off. Yeah. No, they were like, no, we're throwing pops under the bus. That's right. Exactly. Drop him (laughs) off. (laughs) And so you, you take the, take advantage of that, man. You just, you just embrace those moments. And, and as parents raising kids, I think as grandparents, you know, where I am in grandparenting, I look at it and go, man, those ages are so precious. They're so precious. I make a joke that there's nothing more annoying on the planet than an eight-year-old boy. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. Porter's coming into that age and starting to, to make that come to fruition. But at the same time, 
you never get that age again. That's he right. is so much fun. He's yep. just so much fun. And so embrace those moments that you have in those phases of life and not just embrace the moments, realize there are certain things in those phases of life that are going to be best taught in that phase of life. There are things that a toddler is learning. Um, you know, I think about Baker, he just started walking and there are things that Baker is learning right now that are going to be to some degree, very foundational Absolutely. for his life, you know, and, uh, and, and parents just need to, you and I, where we are, can't overemphasize that enough. Absolutely. Well, and one of the things I love so much about this past week was it not only was a great challenge to us personally as parents or um, just generational, yeah. right, that, that each generation is responsible for the next generation, but yeah. it was also a great challenge, and I love this about charity, to the church, and you ask a question all the time, what is the faith of the next generation worth? And the answer is everything. 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 Um, actually, your your quote was, what the next generation will know is and do is dependent upon the now generation teaching them and showing them. Yeah. Man. Yeah. And, and you're right. Whether it's two years old, like Baker's learning how to walk, mm -hmm. or it's eight years old, and they're trying to discover themselves yeah. like Porter, man, those are foundational stages. They are. And, and, and the, uh, and, and, and I'm always careful about even preaching like that because we've got people who don't have children. They, they don't have grandchildren and some of them never will. Um, but at the same time, I don't want to, you know, dis not include them or feel like the message doesn't apply to them. Listen, it doesn't matter. That's right. As a church family, we are all responsible for the 100%. faith of the next generation. Well, and I was even thinking, um, I don't know if this is true when you first got into youth ministry, but I was thinking about Grant when you were doing that message. Uh, Grant and Maria don't have any kids of their own yet, but yet they live their lives literally pouring into the next generation. Jacob doesn't have kids yet or Fisher. Right. But, but you gave a proper shout out to all three of those guys. Not only do they spend their lives investing in the next generation, but they also equip the parents yeah. to team up with them. And none of them have kids of their own yet, but all of them have devoted themselves to teaching and leading the next generation. And, so, and they're very passionate about it. That's right. They're very passionate. Uh, you know, Jacob came to me and he said, hey, we had 20 of our take-home sheets taken Sunday morning. I was like, whoa, wow. Challenge accepted. That's right. Let's keep going with those kinds of things. Well, you gave three practical things to do. Um, and, and, and again, I hope people take time when they're reading Scripture uh, because this whole series was birthed out of your personal quiet time. Yeah. Um, reading through Judges and Judges chapter two. And I hope people don't just read through scripture um, to check it off a box, right. but they actually think about and pray through the things they're reading. And when you read Judges two, that this new generation came along basically and were godless or they're one generation away from that. And it hits you in your tracks and mm. you're like, we're going to spend an entire series on that. I, I hope that people will take it that serious. But then you gave three practical things out of that and Moses' writing in Deuteronomy. But do you yeah. just want to walk through those? Yeah. Let me just read that verse. Um, okay. Judges chapter 2, uh, verses 10 and 11. 
It says, and all the generations also were gathered to their fathers. This is the previous generation, the ones that were actually able to go into the promised land. But the next, the next sentence um, written there says, and there arose another generation after them who did not know the Lord or the work that he had done for Israel. That part of it right there, they didn't know the Lord for one thing, but they didn't know the work that he had done for Israel. That part of the sentence, that's on the previous generation. That's right. That's on the previous generation. That is on the now generation. The reason that next generation did not know the work of the Lord is there were some parents, there were some grandparents who failed in their communication of the goodness and the greatness and the faithfulness of the Lord. And that next generation, it says, and the people of Israel did what was evil in the sight of the Lord and served the Baals. When we look at the generation, we talked about that twisted and crooked generation mm-hmm. last week. Scolios. Yeah, we talked about that last week. What if we looked at it and, you know, you always see this where people are, oh, those teenagers, they just blah, 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 and they just complain about them. Well, what if we looked at it and said, the reason a lot of them were like that is because of the generation that failed to instill faith in them. Yeah, that's right. And so I'm, I'm preaching again, Tom. Preach. I, hey, this is one that needs to be preached every well, week. Well, it's one of those, it, it's it's something I'm very passionate about. Sure. You know, um, did that's, I get parenting 100% right? Absolutely not. Yeah, but like you said, you weren't going to let that excuse stop you. You were going to do everything. You were going to learn as you went. Uh, yeah, yeah, you have to. And every kid's different, right? Sure. Absolutely. There is no blueprint on it. Lee and I always <laughs> joked, how can two kids, we had two, you had three, how can you have multiple kids raised under the same house, same principles, same everything, and be so different? Yeah. But you know what? I think that's one of the blessings of parenting is you get to figure it out along the right. way and embrace their personality. Um, Absolutely. But, but you know, I, I think about that and I've heard a phrase that, you know, America is only one generation away from Christianity being gone or something like that. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> I get what they're saying. I don't believe that's true because Jesus said, I'm going to build my church and yeah. not even the gates of hell will pre- prevail against it. But when I do hear that, I think, well, there's certain pockets, there's certain segments, there's certain families. That's not going to be under my watch. Mm-mm. And I know you feel the same. That's not going to be under your right. watch. So, yeah, as the world gets more and more crooked, yeah, man, we, we've got to be more and more intentional and diligent about doing our part. Absolutely. So the first thing that we talked about was this word love. And it just that teach and demonstrate God's love to the next generation. Teach about God's love, but demonstrate God's love. And I would even carry it one step further, uh, you know, thinking more about it. Um, You know, make sure that your child knows that he or she is loved unconditionally, Mm. unconditionally. You show them God's type of love. You demonstrate that on a daily basis and you communicate that on a daily basis. And I think not only do you demonstrate that in your own household, but I think that it's so vital that our, that our kids witness us demonstrating that kind of love to the people around us as well. They demonstrate or they, they witness our generosity Mm -hmm. financially to the church. Yeah financially to some stranger who's in need. A Christmas shoebox. Christmas shoebox that you involve them and they help you shop for it. They help you pack it. Um, That when God gives you a God wink and you see the fruit of whatever you did, that they experience that win with you. 
Let me, I, I've got a great illustration. All right. We, so we went up to Landis, which Landis, by the way, did a fantastic job of putting on a, a trunk or treat out there. And after we were done, it was Leanna and, and the, all the kids and Tracy and me, we walked, we walked down to Willowbrook's grounds to, to get some coffee. And uh, they had some candy out there. And Bays um, was out there handing out candy, and but she was going to go with her dad, Brenton, and they were going to go walk down through there. And, uh, and so... I just started pa- passing out candy for them. You know, I was standing out there. Well, Porter and Charlie were out there with me and Austin. And so I said, hey, y'all want to hand out some candy to kids walking up the sidewalk. And so they start doing it. And they all, they started almost fighting over who was going to pass the candy out to it. people. So I looked at Porter, who's seven years old. And I said, Porter, which was, which was more fun, going around and getting the candy or giving out the candy? You know what he said? Giving. He loved giving it out. At seven. He At even, seven years mm-hmm. old, he understood that to, principle of, yep. of demonstrating. He wouldn't have called it that, but it's that it's that giving out. It's that love. It's that outpouring of what's inside us. And so that's good. Uh, even at that age, you know, you take those opportunities to give them. Uh, you instill that love that God has put in us. Hey, by the uh, way, that's them. that's multiple weeks in a row where a uh, shameless uh, local coffee shop plug happened. So I don't know who's going to be next week. Yeah, I don't know. We'll figure it out. But if, you get, if you're in Landis, that's the place to go right that's there. It. I guarantee you. Uh, get there early because there's a long line. Uh, so that's the first thing. Demonstrate your inward. Uh, I'm sorry. Teach and demonstrate God's love to the next generation. Second thing that I talked about was use the time you've been given and the opportunities you have to make your words count. Yeah. Flesh that out. Oh, man. Well, Again, you just can't beat Deuteronomy 6, 7, and 8, uh, where Moses wrote, you teach them diligently to your children when you sit in your house, walk by the way, lie down, and when you rise. Those four times. And Reggie Joyner, I, you know, I, I gave credit where credit was due on Sunday. He he talked through that passage for me one time, not for me, but at a conference I was at. I'll never forget it. Mm. It was so vivid. It just came to life so much. And how did you and your your family work through that? Did y'all have a kind of a oh, little tradition and oh, things yeah. that you held sacred? Well, just listening to you uh, tell around the the Peyton household, you know, it brought back so many memories. And again, it's so real because we're, you know, a week and a half into empty nesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but we cherished family time. Yeah. No phones at the table. We just wanted to use that time to talk about our day, like you said. Yeah. And um it's amazing how real your kids will get with you around the table when they know it's a safe place. Mm-hmm. And I guess one of the things that just kind of put a smile on my face and made me say, thank you, Lord, is both of our girls are married now. Our oldest already has our first grandchild. Um, but in a group text, they said just this past week, hey, dad, can we start family night again this upcoming Let's week? Go. Now, now that Come the, on. Now that the wedding is over That's for good. Hannah, can we start? And so it just made me think, man, it, it's what you said. They love that time, whether they admit it or not at yeah. the time, during the time, like they did cherish that time so much so that now that they've moved out, they don't want it to stop. Yeah. And I'm like, oh. You got to love that. Oh, man. Now they're bringing a grandbaby into the picture. Come on and bring bring more too. Bring That's more. That's it. Many as they want, you know. But I like the the things that you said when when you rise, um, and when you're walking or in our case driving, driving yeah. right? That's a captive audience. Your son gave his life to Christ in that yeah. situation. Um, 
bedtime stories, I couldn't help but chuckle at some of the things, you know, like, you want to pray about what? But but you hear <laughs> right. their heart and all its pureness, yep. right? They might be praying about some bird. Hey, but everything matters to God. Absolutely. And we need to teach them that. That's Even right. at that young age, everything matters to God, you know? Uh, yeah, so, you, you know, I, there were... I love to spend time with my kids when they were growing up. You know, I, I even talked in my opening message, opening illustration about taking my son and teaching him how to hunt. But, you know, Lacey, she tried it before. She didn't like it. It was too cold out there. She'd much rather be in the bed. But, you know, Leanna, my oldest, she hunted with me several times. I mean, I just, we've had some, we have some of the funniest stories um, with Leanna deer hunting with me. Uh, one time we were down in Montgomery County and we were coming out and our four-wheeler that we had uh, didn't have brakes on it. Uh-oh. And so she wasn't going to ride behind me. So she just sat on the front rack on it. Well, as we were going down the hill, I didn't have it in gear. So it's rolling in neutral. And at the bottom was this washed out creek and there was no way we were going to cross it. I said, <laughs> I didn't know if I needed to run it over and hit a tree or what to get this thing to stop. I just just told her i said hold on when we got to the end it came to a dead stop and she flew like five feet in oh, the air man. arms flailing and she landed on the other side and got up and we just both busted out laughing did she stick the landing she's no. no she did not <laughs> <laughs> she about stuck up on the other side so skinny um but yeah so though you use as parents you got to take every opportunity you have to make your words count because every phase of life is a great opportunity, as we said earlier, to teach them something important. And then the final thing, uh, we'll just briefly touch on this, is tell stories of God's faithfulness in your life and how their story ultimately fits into God's story. Mm-hmm. It's the telling of stories. D- did you have story time around your house? Oh, are you kidding me? I'm a yellow. <laughs> you, you were saying that, and I'll start telling a story here at work, and half the staff will roll your eyes and say, do you want us to finish? And I'm like, oh, man. So, But you know what? Even if, like you said in your message, even if they've heard that story 50 times, keep telling it. Keep telling and they it. want to hear it. But yeah. um, I, there's one part in your message that I think just hit like a ton of bricks between the eyes. And I thought, man, that was so good. And I, I hope people caught it when you were, t- and maybe it's just a summary of all three of these things, but basically the whole teach them, mm-hmm. you know, and the excuse, it was during the excuses. excuses part. We yeah. have excuses as to why we can't, <clears throat> but in no other arena of life, do we let our kids figure it out on their own? Right. That, that was it. It was the first one. I'll yeah. let them figure out their faith on their own. And to me, I was like, come on. And you did come on. Like, we don't teach them not to play in the road by them. We don't let them learn the hard way. Right. We teach them the basics of life. And there is nothing more important that we could teach them than about eternal life right. and their faith. And so, their faith needs to be uh, so grounded. And, you know, parents are the most influential theological, spiritual voice in their kids' lives. They are. We have the most influence, whether you think you do or not, parents have are the most influential theological or spiritual voice in their kids' lives. And they are learning every single day by the words we say and by the things we do. And disciple-making, a drum we beat around here pretty hard, begins in the home. Mm-hmm. It begins in the home with those that you have around the table that you are tucking in bed at night and that you are driving around to all the different sports events and all of the different activities that they're in and everywhere you go as a family, those are opportunities for you to make disciples of the next generation. And parents, 
You can do this. Amen. God has equipped you with the Holy Spirit and with his word, and that is all you need. One more cliche that, you know, I love is God doesn't call the equipped. He equips the called. Yeah. Well, if you're a parent, he's called you (laughs) to invest in your kid. Yeah. He's going to equip you. Yeah. Hey, this week we're going to be stepping into part two of this, and we're going to talk about financial legacy. Should be fun. I love talking about money. Yes, indeed. So see you Sunday. God bless. And thanks for listening.